Lovers, this episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. We all know that there is more to confidence in the bedroom or the kitchen or the sex club or a stairwell or the woods or wherever you are. There's so much more to sex wherever you do it than just jackhammering away. But if all you're missing in your relationship is some mutually beneficial stiffness, check out BlueChew.com. BlueChew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, and Levitra, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever an opportunity arises. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you are approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part? It's all done online, so no visits to the doctor's office with the doctors that never got trained in sex ed and how to talk to people about it, plus no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet pack. They say that there is nothing sexier than confidence, and Blue Chew can help give you confidence where it counts. Of course, I know you sweet listeners know that using confidence to connect, if you can be confident enough to be really vulnerable with someone, to communicate, to create a safe space that you occupy together, that is super hot. That's the foundation of a connection. And if you have a boner, that can definitely help you do certain things that you know that I love, just as long as you don't skip all the other stuff too. Blue Chew and I want you to have better sex. Discover your options at bluechew.com. And as they say, chew it and do it. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code LOVER. At checkout, you just pay $5 shipping. That is bluechew.com promo code LOVER to receive your first month free. Visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And thank you to Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast. Hello, lovely humans. I'm Wiley, and you were listening to Sex Stories, a podcast where we make the world a sexier, more loving place by interviewing queer porn directors so we can discover our desires and practice talking about sex. Our guest today is a filmmaker and the director of Crash Pad series, a queer porn series set in a secret apartment in San Francisco. She's celebrating her 10th year in the adult industry. Fuck yeah. Welcome, Ava La Prima. Hi, everybody. Oh, my God. Ava, can you please tell us? If you had to rate yourself on a sexual shame-o-meter today, right now in this moment, with 10 being the most full of shame and one being zero shame at all, I guess one's a zero, where do you fall right now? Let's go for a full zero. Let's try. Fuck yeah. Can you say a few words about like why or how shame has ever shown up for you in the past? Oh gosh. So as a trans woman growing up in San Francisco, we've celebrated diversity and pride and gay pride. Even growing up in high school, we've had stories of the parties in the Castro and and even Folsom Street. So being an adult and enjoying your adult self has always been celebrated. So shame in that aspect has never really come up or bothered me. Awesome. And in your family life, though, when you're raised Catholic, there is that looming dogma over your head of you should do this and not that, do this and not that. As I came into my own being, it was challenging, but shame has grown itself out <laughs> of me. That's awesome. Okay, so you grew up Catholic. Did you get a sex talk or did you ever get any sort of sex ed or lesson in consent growing up? Oh, I remember mom was giving me a sex talk and I was terribly shy about it. I, I couldn't figure myself out. I think it was because. I didn't really feel myself and I didn't really feel like myself in my own body, so to speak. Also growing up in San Francisco, we had gay teachers and 
in our culture, we knew that there was all kinds of diversity and sexual identities and sexualities. When it came to our schooling, we had your general instruction on prophylactics, yeah. <laughs> menstruation, testosterone, and estrogen. I think that's where things kind of bloomed for me in my own sexual identity and sexuality. Fuck yeah. And then can you give us now just like, what's your personal definition of sexy? Like what is sexy to Ava La Prima? Sexy to me is walking into a room and really owning yourself, having your look put together and making it intentional. Sex itself is a superpower and wielding that with, uh, with the discipline and respect it deserves. That to me is sexy. Like when someone walks into a room and you're looking like really put together or you just have that certain uh i call it the the 80 20 you go 80 percent full on and leave that 20 percent uh to the imagination of whomever's watching amazing now what do you think counts as sex like what's your definition of sex i feel like sex is an exchange at its core that's what it is even even talking about sex, I'm getting a little little flustered. In my own personal life, I'm very modest. Uh-huh. Even when I am working with people on set, we're all very respectful, not very explicit. Really? But yeah, those like sex itself is a superpower. So yeah, it, it should be something that that is respected. But there is an exchange, and it's like a dance, you know. I would love to hear a little bit more about your communication style. Like for me, everything has to be really explicit. And I would love to hear like how it is creating scenes with these other artists and performers using implicit communication. Like what is your communication style like? Like how do you talk to people, whether they're on your crew or the performers on set? Like what is that process like for you? When our performers come on to set, uh, we welcome them in. They get to, to hang out with us. They get themselves ready. They get their looks together. And then I send them off to our photographer to get their model photos. Once they're in front of the camera, we like to say that it's all them. They bring their outfits. They decide how to pose. If they need help or anything like that, we like to encourage them by showing examples from ourselves. Once they're settled in with that, they come over and we get to talk about, we call it the fun stuff. It's the couple of ground rules that we have for setting up a scene. And the the first rule is I don't direct the performers. I only direct the cameras. So when they're on set, they're interacting with each other as if they were doing it at home or at a party or their own space. Uh, My communication is mostly with the other camera people. We use various hand signals and pre-planning, and we kind of feel the scene. We use two cameras so we get the film language down. The scenes last anywhere from 20 to 30 minutes, and we could go as long as 45. But once the cameras start rolling, we let them do whatever they want to do. Oftentimes, there's so much energy in the room. We kind of have to set up the cameras really fast or else or else uh, we'll miss all the all the goodies. Yeah, yeah. We shoot crash pad exclusively on sticks or tripods. Great. That's part of the film language that the creator, Shine Louise Houston, has set up for this world. It's like a voyeuristic panopticon oh, yeah. <laughs> film language. 
I love that. So can you tell us a little bit about your personal background? Like what is the origin story that led you to this line of work? So I'm approaching about 10 years of working adult, which coincidentally or correlatively has aligned with my, what people call transition. Transitioning means transgender, transitioning from male to female, so-called. Right. <laughs> and so I was always into films and making movies. Uh, that's part of what I studied. I think there was a filmmaker from The Matrix, Lana Wachowski. She came out as trans at that same time. And oh my gosh, I've had all of these feelings bubbling inside me for my entire life up until then. But then once I saw a little representation of myself in the, the current mainstream of media, I had a, a my own awakening, yeah. <laughs> kind of like my, my own matrix awakening. And at that point I was doing a lot of films. I was doing a lot of work with musicians and music videos. So I was always into the artist sphere. And when I came out, also at that time, I was doing a lot of nightlife videos, shooting parties, clubs, uh, out in the Castro. And that was the night I met one of my coworkers, Jiz Lee. Jiz was go-go dancing at the lesbian club, and they hired me that night to film for them. And another porn production company was promoting their last DVD there. Remember DVDs? Oh, I do. And, <laughs> and I, I got to, to knowing them and introducing myself to the local porn scene. Yes, you know, sex is fun. Up to that point, I never really had a lot of it myself. Really? Okay. Only because you really don't know your, I feel like trans people, or maybe it's just me, but people who don't know their bodies just yet, haven't really found a way to explore their sexuality or sex itself, that exchange of energies. So yeah, that was my introduction to, I guess, the adult community. We call it porn. <laughs> and from there, it was known that I was, I was handy with a camera and making films and telling stories with the lens. I was doing editing work for another queer porn company in the Bay. And one of the first scenes I shot was of another trans woman having sex. And up at that point, I didn't really like know any other trans women or seen what sex with trans women was outside of what you Google as trans porn these days. Mm. It's very mind opening and paradigm shifting. But that was one of my first gigs doing adult. And of course, as a professional or <laughs> you're a freelancer, you just go from gig to gig. So I picked up more work doing editing and eventually picked up a camera and started filming it myself. Fuck yeah. What's your favorite part of your work? Like either now, back then, whenever, like give us some highlight favorites of like what you love about your work. <laughs> I love the joy that folks get to experience uh, as I am leering upon them. <laughs> totally get it. <laughs> <laughs> There's definitely that exchange of energy flowing off of their kind of climaxing orgasmic selves. So there's the, uh, I heard it's called compersion. Oh, yeah. <laughs> My partner taught me that word. You're just being very empathetic to their joy. But at the same time, you have to keep a good frame because, <laughs> because we're making movies here. Got to keep a good composition. Uh, don't get too excited now, do you? But you know how to maintain the story through the camera while experiencing that exchange of joy there. 
I also love talking to the other performers or models. I call them our guests, particularly if we have another trans woman on set or a trans woman of color. We get to kiki a little bit in our own little way. Yeah, and that's how you make friends too. <laughs> yeah, so fun. Beautiful. Can you tell us a sexy story that you've encountered because of your work that's a favorite that you maybe never would have stumbled upon otherwise? <laughs> This is quite an adventurous life. <laughs> In our porn community, we celebrate creativity and originality. And a lot of times our movies go to film fests. I not only shoot for Crash Pad, but also make my own films as well as partner with my spouse who makes his own films as well. Amazing. And one of the fun parts are going to porn film fests all around the world. And it's really a great place to not only watch very original films, but but meet other people just totally down to fuck in front of the camera. Yeah. <laughs> so we get to make a lot of movies while we're out there on the road too. One of my last scenes was with a gal in Berlin. Her name is Manon Praline. And we did an exterior exhibitionist sexy nighttime scene out in the streets of Berlin. So that's Hot. coming up soon on Pink Label TV. So everyone should check it out. Yes, go check it out. Pinklabel.tv. Pinklabel.tv. Okay. Oh, that's amazing. Lovers, this episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. We all know that the foundation to an awesome sex life is excellent mental and physical health. But if proper rest, exercise, and a healthy lifestyle aren't leading to the blood flow you'd like when and where you'd like it, check out bluechew.com. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, and Levitra but in chewable tablets at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever the opportunity arises. And the process is simple. Sign up at bluechew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you are approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part, it's all done online, so no visits to the doctor's office, no dealing with awkward physicians who aren't trained to talk about sex lives, plus no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Bluechew's tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet pack. They always say first impressions are important, but what about lasting impressions? Lovers, I do believe that we can always make loving, lasting impressions by connecting and being present and chasing our pleasure and our partner's pleasure. And if your priority is making a deep, deep impression between two beautiful, enthusiastic thighs or cheeks in the name of partnered pleasure, I get it. I've worn a strap on now. I too love having a hard cock. Blue Chew and I want you to have better sex. Discover your options at bluechew.com. Chew it and do it. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code LOVER at checkout. You just pay $5 for shipping. That is bluechew.com promo code LOVER to receive your first month free. Visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And thank you to Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast. What do you think, if you had to say, makes you excellent at your job? <laughs> Well, it always starts with the imagination and executing that plan, I guess. I feel like I've done this so many times already. You got to keep an excellent rapport with your performers, uh, maintain all of the digital assets you collect, and be super organized. If anything, I've been told I'm very organized. I'm a very grounding presence on set, supposedly. Even though sometimes it feels like you're you're running around with a hundred things to do. But with sex and the work that we do, 
I know that only so many things could happen. So being prepared also helps. What about your personal artistry? Like, what's the part that makes, you know, like, like you told me a lot of producerial things, but either as a performer and or director, like, it sounds like you have, I don't know, magical je ne sais quoi, like as an artiste. Does that resonate with you at all? I say the sweetness. You got to bring the sweetness to the set. Mm. It really comes out and flows through to the performers. So I think that that is that thing. Yeah. Beautiful. Okay. So now what do other people say they love about your work? Like, what do you hear most often that resonates with others? People that seem to like the cinematography or they, they, they love seeing themselves looking beautiful. And I'm all about that. I'm so happy to make my models, no matter like what their presentation is, just make them feel at most in their power and make them feel sexy and powerful or raw. That's part of the exchange that we share. I, I'm a camera nerd myself. So the lighting has to be good. The right focal length has to be used. The most juicy angles. That's some of the stuff that I love about not only making adult movies, but just playing with the camera in general. Yeah. I really appreciate that too, especially in an industry where the bar is often so low because it can be to make money. And I think that that's just like magical, special, and like a very specific type of hot. So I Fully, fully, fully fucking love that. I love camera nerds. Can you tell us now, what does either like a day or a week or a month in the life look like for you? So at Crashpad, we've been booking scenes probably a week's time every quarter or so. The pandemic kind of left us really panicked that we would be in lockdown any moment at any time again. So when things started opening back up and we started doing in-person shoots again, we would shoot them for probably a week at a time. And by the end of that week, we'd be pretty exhausted and we would still have to put away the whole set. So on a production week, we would come into our space. We have all of our props, our beds, our toys, all of our lighting equipment. We have them all in our storage space. So on a shooting day, we would bring that all in and set it up. Don't look too hard. <laughs> you could you could kind of see a few of the props slightly changing their location every time. And that's only ever since we started doing Crashpad 2.0, we call it, in a white box studio, which appears to be the secret apartment in the Crashpad lore. So we would set all of that up. We would shoot our scenes. And at the end of that week, put that all away. So that's just one part of making the movies is getting the footage. And now you have hard drives full of material by the end of that week. Yeah. And oh boy, that is a lot of sexy <laughs> data to manage. <laughs> oh, uh, probably the, the least sexy part of it is <laughs> making sure all your files are backed up. But you know, actually to me as an organized person, naming conventions are sexy. Where's that fetish at? I don't know, but I'm going to have to guess that you have some Virgo in your chart somewhere or strong <laughs> six health. I'm not, I feel you. Cool. What about when it comes to, it sounds like you meet people in the course of your life and your work to collaborate with, but are there other ways that you go about scheduling? Is that, is that a boring part for you? Is that a fun part for you? Oh, thankfully, just Lee helps us out in that department. They wrangle all of our models and make sure they show up on the day. They're the first point of contact usually before they get through our door. So there's a lot of magic that goes on behind the scenes that sometimes I don't get to see as well 
but that leaves it more open for me to focus on the logistical and other creative side of it. Yeah, that's part of the magic of it too. I often don't know who's coming through that door on the day, especially if it's been like a particularly like busy post-production time during that time. But I, I try to make it a point to peek at our schedule, like, okay, who's coming back? Who's this? Oh, I've never heard them before. But let's see what let's see what they're doing on Twitter. <laughs> That's part of the cute little charms we get to experience before we get there. Yeah, with people's names, you don't know who's changed their name recently or yeah, who's due to the scene. But I get it. I've probably changed my name a few times since doing this. And that's just part of the magic of it. You name yourself. I have a few iterations who do a few different things. So I, I really feel that. Lovers, we are going to take a quick pause for a word from our sponsor. And they have given me notes to do a sultry female voice. So I'm very excited and I'm going to do my best. Did you know the Flora app is a safe place to open up, embrace your desires and find like-minded people. This is the story of one couple who found the threesome of their dreams, discovered a new level of shared passion, and stepped into a whole other realm of possibilities, all thanks to Fleur. As life's routines settled in, Robert and Lucy found themselves yearning to explore uncharted territories, so they downloaded Fleur and embarked upon a thrilling journey of sensual experimentation, learning more about each other's desires in the process. Open-minded and adventurous, Robert and Lucy dreamt of adding a new dimension to their intimacy, sharing the touch of another woman, being witnessed and connecting in a way that transcends the ordinary. In Fleur's diverse and accepting community, Lucy connected with Emily, a babe craving the same experiences. So they invited Robert to the conversation. The chemistry built and anticipation heightened as they exchanged messages until finally their agreed-upon date night arrived. A gorgeous hotel was the setting for their evening of pleasure, passion, and connection. A shared exploration that fulfilled each party's desires. Fleur app celebrates the beauty of open-minded connections. It's a platform where fantasies come to life and desires are embraced without judgment. For couples seeking adventure with others or individuals keen on exploring, Fleur invites us all to a world where every desire is a possibility waiting to unfold. Download Floor now, express your desires freely, and find like-minded people today. Have you ever gotten any interesting reactions when you tell people who don't know you what you do? <laughs> oh, gosh. So as a freelancer, I have many gigs as well. Not only do adult adult movies, but also a lot of fiction and nonfiction as well. So I meet a lot of people, and a, a lot of times I wish I could just be like, you know, if you've seen what I've seen... <sighs> And to a select few, I would say knowledge of myself working in adult is privileged information. Wow. So we get to ever share that. That's usually a very special time. But more often than not, they come back at me with like, oh, well, I watch porn too. I'm like, oh, of course. <laughs> or they, they come at me with, like uh, some studios that we've worked with as well on our partner website, Pink Label. So they drop some names. I'm like, oh, I totally know who that is. They're usually quite surprised, never really repulsed, I guess. That's the benefit of choosing the company you keep. Right. Do you feel more like a secret agent or more like you have to hide a secret out of fear? Or is it more just like, that's my privacy I don't, or something else? 
Oh yeah, especially with the topic of sex, that is the power exchange. I feel like that is my secret superpower, I guess, my secret identity. <laughs> Love that. Okay, you told us a little bit about some of the unsexy parts of your work and your the sexiest parts, but like, is there anything else to say about favorites, turn-ons, turn-offs? Probably some of my favorite scenes are when no sex happens. It's usually <sighs> like a BDSM or someone's doing ropes or restraints. That's usually my jam. Um, it's not always about the naughty bits. Yeah. How often do you find yourself surprised on set and or what are some of the things that have surprised you? Yeah, what was probably the last time something surprised me? Was it the, the witch threesome? Was it the Latinx dumb puppy play scene no was it the trans mask fulsome back alley like role play no i tried not to say like i've seen it all but you know the topic of sex is a big mountain and i i don't think i'm there yet i'm very open to see what else comes next oh fuck yeah i imagine that you must have a lot of fans whose shame you melt away i would say this is for all the camera nerds and for all the trans girls out there making media <laughs> yeah this is your story you let your fire free Fuck yeah! can you tell us a little bit about the boundaries between your work life and personal life and how you kind of like hold them set them understand them so in my personal life my husband himself is a porn performer ramsey's rodstein and so more often than not, I filmed him with other models, too, for quite a few crash pad episodes. But, you know, it is a profession. The models are there as performers. But there's been a few scenes where I'm like, wow, I've never seen that before. Wow. <laughs> like, when's my turn? <laughs> and then he hits me with, well, are you paying me for this? <laughs> hot. That's kind of hot. <laughs> I guess that's the contract you sign when you when you get legally married by the state of California. I have definitely talked to people that are like, I would never work with a sex worker. I would only get married. And I'm like, well, one of those is way more expensive than the other one. <laughs> like, just FYI. Okay, so in your work, are there any like larger patterns that you've noticed about people and sex that you find surprising? So when I started working in porn, like stores like, only fans wasn't too prevalent yet. So one of the places to get your pornos looking professionally produced was in a studio or on a set, or, you know, you had to have the cameras and lights or anything. But these days, a lot of performers have their careers in their own hands. It's as easy as doing your, your own clips on your, on your phone. But something that has occurred lately, especially as we've been doing these exit interviews uh, with performers, they, they usually mention they enjoy the fact that they don't have to worry about their, their cameras or the lighting or, any, or, or totally. anything. They could come in and be themselves and play how they want. They could trust us that, you know, we'll get the angles. That's amazing. Okay, so for our world, are there any sex-related norms that you would like to shift? Sex-related norms? 
Yeah, like one of mine is I wish everyone could discover butt pleasures. That's just one of many that I want, you know. I mean, and obviously that's with the understanding that like not everyone has to like everything, but it's just expressing my personal wish of like, I like butt pleasures so much. If someone else could feel this, I would love to share it with them. (laughs) Butt stuff is great. (laughs) I wish folks were more tolerant of Mm. not only like, sexuality but sexual identities and sexual preferences things like that I I guess growing up in San Francisco I'm really spoiled by like you know you're gay so what right (laughs) but it's that's not the that's not the case in a lot of parts in this country I would love a bit more tolerance in the world and also that's just me being being a lover yeah you know the San Francisco hippie spirit I, I wish people would understand that trans women can have all kinds of different sex that you really haven't seen. Probably one of my earliest pornos that I filmed was a trans woman having sex wearing a strap on. Yeah. And that was just so mind blowing to me. I'm like, yeah, of course. Like if if that trans woman identifies as a lesbian what else is more lesbian than a strap-on i thought it was was really hot and you know the plug-and-play aspect of a strap-on or sex toy appendages that seems really appealing to me that's so true (laughs) and i'm so glad you brought this to front of mind choose your dick choose your life that should be your bumper sticker What are you excited to explore in your work going forward? Oh, gosh. I just wish there was much more time to do everything you ever wanted. Don't you? Always. Yeah. I'm so curious. I have, I literally have a like sexy bucket list that's hundreds of items long and I'm in paralysis because I'm like, which one do I start with? And like, how extensively should I try to document each one or should I just go do it? You know, like it's, yes, I really relate to it. I want to try everything. Oh. Right now I'm working with my husband on a POC non-binary BDSM series. So that's currently in the works. He's always making some beautiful ideas. He's Mexican American. So I think the the last one we did was a rope suspension pinata scene. Quite colorful. I'll let everybody know when when it comes out. But he was suspended as if he was a pinata. Um so I'm looking forward to whatever he kind of comes up with next. Uh, we were on a trip just at Disneyland, and so we're pretty inspired by all, all the imagination occurring. That's literally fucking awesome. I love that so much. Would you say that you are each other's muses creatively? <laughs> oh, yeah. We definitely inspire each other. He enjoys how I move the camera and, of course, making him look beautiful. And I'm not averse to that at all. Yeah. I'm just imagining his butt being suspended yeah. <laughs> and being smacked in the air by our other performer friend. We have sexy pillow talk and he keeps uh, reminding me how beautiful I am, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, how wonderful it is to be loved. Yeah. So he, he gives me a lot of love and I, I give him a lot of love back. With my professional pornographic adult production services. <laughs> oh my God. I love it so much. Okay. So 
Disneyland style question. If you could wave a magic wand and teach everyone in the world something about sex, what would it be? I know they're just like so much. I know, I know. <laughs> like, it's like, uh, stop being a bigot. Ting. <laughs> That's a good one. Fuck yeah. Yeah, sex and sexuality in itself is a gateway to understanding who you are and where you've come from and how you've got here. And yeah, sex and sexuality is such a, a worldly thing. And it's, it's a great way to just get to know yourself while you're here that's fucking beautiful <laughs> okay are there any other hot sex stories that you need to share from your professional and or personal life about something that turned you on anything else that's calling out to be shared with the world before i ask you the wrap-up question you know the pandemic really put us in, in a spot and it really reevaluated like everything that we valued near and dear to us especially with just congregating together, enjoying a sex party or two, doing these film fests, or even just kind of casually getting together. I, I think it's important as we're coming back together and congregating again, is to really respect where each other is coming from and realize we, we have gone through a collective traumatic experience and things will never as like they were so i wish that people could use their own superpowers within sex and sexuality to be gentle and spread more love and joy and pleasure to each other oh fuck yes i echo that wish okay lastly if you had an unlimited budget to build a sexy playroom or palace if you will <laughs> It could represent you, it could represent your brand, it could be for the people that you work for, it could be for your husband. What would it be like? Oh my gosh. It would be the prettiest pink castle with the prettiest pink BDSM dungeon yes. with everything just glowing pink. There would be no lights, not a single light with like filament or electricity. It will be illuminated by the glow of all of the feminine princess hearts. <laughs> the lights of a thousand princesses. The lights of a thousand princesses getting their brains fucked out of them. Yes. Oh, that's so hot. <laughs> Fucking the brains out of each other, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> oh, damn. I love that. Would there be, I would, in, in a princess palace, I would want like at least one with the like, 12 mattresses with the P underneath at the very bottom. And I want to see if I could feel it. I was like, I feel it. Oh, sorry, sweetie. That's not a P. <laughs> Amazing. Okay. Everyone, you can go find Ava on the internet at Ava La Prima. The link is in the description below. Ava, is there anything else that we want to shout out about your work that is awesome that people should go check out right now? Everyone should, if not already, have checked out crashpadseries.com. It is the website I've been directing for for the past year or so. We've been around for, gosh, my boss will hate me, but we've been around for a very long time, bringing Bay Area queer porn to everyone. Again, it's crashpadseries.com. Yeah, and there's a cool like history lesson there, so go check it out. Ava La Prima. Thank you so much for being a guest on Sex Stories. You've been great, Y.O. 